Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Great afternoon to you and yours, and a happy Friday to you and yours. March 10th, the year 2023. Busy show planned for you and yours, so let's not waste any time. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studio, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's in uh, on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, the end of the road came and came mercifully for LSU men's basketball team as they lost last night to Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament, 77-68. to They trailed by double digits for the majority of the second half, and that was one of only two teams the Tigers had beaten since January the 1st. LSU couldn't throw it in the ocean yet again. It's the same old verse. Um that we've seen time and time again, missed layups. The Tigers missed 10 straight field goal attempts in the second half. Um, and it just went downhill from there. So the Tigers are done. And after starting the season 12 and one with so much hope and so much anticipation, it went downhill from there. The Tigers finished up 14 and 19 overall, three and 16 in SEC play. They finished one loss away from tying the program record for consecutive losses. Didn't win its first game of 2023 until February 20. Second, Matt McMahon, after the ball game, gave his thoughts on a season that I'm sure he didn't anticipate, but this is how it went. Yeah, I think clearly disappointed in the overall result of the season. Uh, I know you, you asked me I mean, one of your first questions when I was blessed to get to take this job. Uh, is what are your goals? I mean, my goal is the same every year. I want to help our players and our team max out and become the best we're capable of being. And whether that's 15 wins, 18 wins, or, or 31 wins. And um, I don't think we were able to get that accomplished this year. And that's clearly my responsibility. But I also, you know, there's the reality also, I'm well aware, and I'm, I'm not an excuse maker. I, you know, I don't blame anybody or, or complain. The reality is we didn't take over for the 22-win LSU team that went to the NCAA tournament. We took over a program in crisis, zero players, zero signees. Um, really had to start at ground zero. 
and try to put a team together and, uh, and do our best moving forward. Unfortunately, wasn't able to get it done at the level I would have liked to in January and February. Uh, we'll take quite a few positives from the year. Uh, number one, I'm excited and thrilled about the opportunity to coach at LSU. Uh, it was a privilege getting to watch K.J. Williams come in and be an all-SEC player. Uh, you know, there were moments to the comeback at Wake Forest, largest comeback since 1996 at LSU, the home win against Arkansas. Um, but at the end of the day, didn't get the job done at the level I would have liked to have gotten it done. And we'll learn from it and look forward to moving into the future. Tigers are losing their best player, K.J. Williams. They are bringing back a roster that lacks talent across the board. But when you look at it and think about where this program is now compared to where it was a year ago, uh, when McMahon inherited, he had nothing. He had zero freshman signees. Every scholarship he play, uh, player he inherited entered the transfer portal or the NBA draft short, shortly after his arrival. So there's no place to go but up. And um, that's just the way it is. So he'll have to look across the board at everything that's out there and to see what he needs to change. One thing he did learn, and he's a smart man, is he learned the type of talent it takes to win in the Southeastern Conference, plain and simple. A year ago, Brian Kelly started his first spring practice, and it was literally learning players getting to learn how to practice, how to function under a drastically different head coach. Wow. How, what's the next step now from a good competitive 10 and 14 that could beat Alabama but lose to Texas A&M into one that can compete for a college football playoff spot? Brian Kelly, after first day one of spring practice, talked about what's different with this offseason from last. Uh, well, I, I think, you know, we always put the, you know, the, the blinders on regardless of what's going on and, and focus on what's important. And, and as I kind of alluded to in, in my opening remarks, what's important is really important for this football team in year two um, as, as we go back into uh, the development of how do we become more consistent. It's everything that I just talked about. So... As important of all the things that we had to do last year, this is equally as important. It's just what's more important this year um, is a little bit different than last year. So it's just a different chapter that we're moving through in the development of the football program. Um, but uh, I think we just kind of, you know, have tunnel vision and know that this is what's really crucial and important to us now. Tigers will get back to work soon um, as they have 15 practices and along with the spring games. So we shall see. Top-ranked LSU baseball team returns to action tonight for the start of its final non-conference weekend series before SEC play. Sanford comes to the box. They're 6-6. Six and six. LSU's 12-1, and one, riding a seven-game win streak. Sanford, 6-6 six and six this season. They dropped an 11-6 decision at Alabama on Tuesday in their most recent game. Ken, uh, at 6.30 night, can Paul Skeens continue his incredible start where he is 3-0 and with a 
0.50 ERA in 18 innings pitched where he's thrown 36 strikeouts and only three walks issued. 36 to three. That's amazing. Um, Ty Floyd will get the start on Saturday and Sunday will be to be announced. Um, one thing that uh, may be of interest for Samford, former LSU baseball and football player, came in highly, highly, highly recruited. Maurice Hampton Jr. is an outfielder for Samford. He's appeared in four games with two hits, including a double and ten at-bats with two ribbies. So LSU trying to keep their uh, streak alive, and this will be the first ever meeting between LSU and Samford high point comes to the Teague as the Cajuns get ready to get another series under their belt before they begin Sunbelt conference play. And that's going to be a war each and every weekend. The 14th ranked LSU softball team opens SEC play this weekend with a series at South Carolina beginning on Saturday, continuing on Sunday and closing up Monday night at 6 p.m. Angel Reese, LSU single season record holder for double doubles, is a finalist for the Naismith Women's College Player of the Year Award. Coach Kim Mulkey also named a semifinalist for the Naismith Women's College Coach of the Year. The finalists for both awards will be announced on Tuesday, March 21st. I believe by Monday, that would be March the 13th. I believe that McNeese State will have a new head basketball coach, and I do believe it will be Will Wade. So stay tuned. I think they are in serious, serious discussions. And I think it's just about time to dot the I's and cross the T's. So we shall see. Georgia Tech is going to fire their head basketball coach after seven seasons. Josh Pastner uh, is going to be released. So um, it would behoove McNeese to, to get the deal done before other things open up, right? Um, John Rahm has withdrawn from the Players' Championship, the world number one golfer, uh, shortly before the start of today's second round at TPC Sawgrass because of a stomach illness. That, according to the PGA Tour, Rahm had a one under 71 in the first round. He was scheduled to play with Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler for the second straight day, but he had to withdraw um, the hottest golfer on the planet. Um, and now he has to go and get well as um, the Masters right around the corner. All right, our guest list today, Preston Guy will join us first up. He's our leadoff hitter. We'll talk more about LSU spring football practice. Larry Holder of The Athletic at his normal 2.30 Friday time slot. Rework offering Jameis Winston a new contract to stay on as the backup. Michael Thomas in. Is he out? Is he in? It looks like the Saints want him, but at their price. So we'll talk all about that. George Faust will join us in hour number two as we discuss all things about the Ragin' Cajuns, both softball baseball and of course Bob Marlin's crew will hear their name called on Sunday night then George Becknell James Mesh and I will make some picks as we 
always do. That's all coming your way today on a great looking Friday. Well, it's kind of overcast, but it's still Friday, right? So Friday's just a great day. We'll be back. Preston Guy next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's crawfish time in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles is giving you a chance to win everything you need to throw the ultimate crawfish boil party. It's the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, and Ice Horse Sales and Service. Go register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card, a boiling pot, burner, paddle, ice chest, tumblers, chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Plus, we're throwing in a pair of ash Ticket. So enter now. It's the ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales and Service, and the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back as we uh, roll on on this Friday, March the 10th. Preston Guy is a staff writer covering LSU football and recruiting at TigerBait.com. It's a must read if you're into LSU football like I know most of you are. Preston, kind enough to join us. How are you, man? What's happening? You know, Jordy, I'm feeling great. We don't have to watch that miserable men's basketball season anymore. And we can talk about football instead. Yes. Um, I did my diatribe on LSU basketball, and now let's deal, deal in that. Um, you got to see a little bit yesterday. It's another big recruiting weekend coming up. Um, I, I notice a Brian Kelly who seems to be very, very comfortable in his shoes, even more so than he was a year ago at this time. Oh, yeah, and he talked about that in his press conference, just things about, you know, uh, just taking things to the next level to where we can focus on technique, not just winning or losing the drill. And I I, I think that from an outsider's perspective, you would think that's pretty evident because, I mean, last year's spring football, he was in the middle of just completely rebuilding this roster. And spring ball last year, I mean, it it just was – just coming together. Uh, we thought we had a lot of new faces last year with, with 30 players coming in. Well, coming lo and behold, by fall this year, he'll be bringing in 37 new wow. faces. 25 are already on campus for spring football. So you've got a lot of returning production and a lot of new faces out there. Uh, I, I think that the depth issues and roster holes we saw last year shouldn't be as big of a problem as as it was. Where is the, the where is the roster the thinnest in your mind? Oh, uh, with with number of scholarships. Yeah, well, I mean, what position group? Oh, I, I don't. I haven't counted up. I would be. I would be shocked if you're not close to that eighty-five number. Um, because you had a lot of players going out, but you also are bringing a ton of players in. Um, as far as position groups, you're looking for those reinforcements to come in and quickly provide depth. 
Of course, defensive back. You brought in tons of talent. We saw Taviano and Denver Harris out there yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Tight end. You only had one tight end that you could look to yet last year. It was Mason Taylor. That's yeah. not Brian Kelly football. That was a problem. So now you've got uh, Mac Markway and Jackson McGowan on campus already, and we'll be getting Kamor and Pimpton in in the fall. Uh, at least one of those guys has to develop and provide quality snaps to run the scheme the way you want to run it next year. And then running back, of course, right now, running back is razor thin. Uh, You've got two running backs out there with guys battling injuries and John Emery dealing with some mysterious academic issues. Uh, Seems like that's always going on, huh? But um, all you have right now is Noah Kane and the freshman, the LHSA all-time leading rusher, Trey Holly. So if you were excited to see Trey Holly, this is going to be a fun spring for you because he's going to get a ton of reps and be a starter for one of the teams. I, you know, you mentioned John Emery, and 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 you said it very well. Because again, academic issues again. I I just can't count on this guy, and I'd be surprised if Brian Kelly is counting on him. You you can't depend upon the guy. No, you can't rely on him uh, to be eligible, or um, quite frankly, even on the field, uh, he's been a liability fumbling the ball. I mean, you had to turn to him for what was the game last the UAB game last year where it was just him and Noah Kane and he fumbled the ball twice in that game. Um, you know, he, he has shown some flashes. We saw the touchdown against Alabama, but he's never been able to be consistent enough and tie it all together. And between the ineligibilities and the putting the ball on the turf, man, I, I would be surprised. I think he's a guy you want in your depth chart, but I'm not looking to John Emery being the feature back this year, not even close. In fact, yeah, I I'm wouldn't be you. surprised if one, if not both of these true freshmen uh, come in and, and become mm-hmm. the, the go-to back. Yeah, I just, I just can't count on that guy. I can't, but I can always count on Preston Guy. Do you think you mentioned uh, Toviano, you mentioned Denver Harris, uh, Coach Kelly mentioned Ogofu from Texas, if I'm, I didn't screw up his name, Armour Spates from Oregon State, and Jordan Jefferson, the defensive tackle from West Virginia, as impact transfers. Do you believe that um, the transfer portal is done for this season for LSU, or do you think they're still going to be looking and looking intensely at that? Um, I believe what they're going to do is leave one or two spots open for as spring battles go out. And sometimes guys lose their, their, you know, they, they lose the position battle in spring football. Um, And it seems like you can always find one or two of those quality players, you know, who play positions where, there's only one position, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's a quarterback. Maybe, maybe they only play center and they can't really adjust to other positions, you know, uh, something like that. You can get some quality players to come in, but as far as holes, glaring holes, they need filled. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they've pretty much sealed all those holes in the transfer portal that they need filled. Um, Mm -hmm. Keep an eye out there. There'll be a spot or two open, but uh, for now, I, I think they're done for, for the short. I mean, you mentioned all those players. I mean, Omar Spates fills uh, a big hole at linebacker. He should be a day one starter. And yeah. then just uh, 
what was that, three, four days ago, they signed Mason Lunsford, a two-year right. starter at Maryland. He'll be interesting. I mean, he's got one year to show out. Uh, I, I imagine he doesn't want to spend that one year on the bench. Meanwhile, LSU returns all five starters, and it seems the only unsettled position is center, but you've got Marlon Martinez and Charles Turner who have both started games, you know, lobbying for that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. When do they practice again? Uh, they practice, oh boy, let me pull up the schedule here. Uh, yeah, I, I believe it's like it a Saturday? week. Like they're going to take a week off. Oh. Let me see here. Practice schedule. Practice begins uh, tomorrow, March 9th. Mar- March, I'm sorry. No, they practice March 21st. I'm sorry. Yep. So they're off until the 21st of March. Spring break. Yep. Yep. My thought, I, a lot of people pointed out that that was strange that they're practicing for two days, right? And then they're going to just not practice for a while. Well, uh, it's spring break, and my thought was they kind of wanted to see the guys all out there, put some pads on, evaluate their size, uh, look over the film for a week, and then come back March 21st when they do some scrimmaging, you know, when they get to finally set some depth charts and stuff after actually seeing the guys. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, Preston Guy with us, LSU baseball, number one in the country. They should uh, they should take care of business against Sanford. Softball's doing great. Um, Kim Mulkey's group will will hear where they're going, what seed line they're on on Sunday. I, I, I think they're going to be a three seed. I, for some reason, that, that – uh, that committee does not like Kim Mulkey and her non-conference schedule, so that should change next year for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, they lose two games all year, and we're talking about a three seed. I mean, I think there's a good argument they should be a one seed, but I guess that loss to South Carolina was just, it was so ugly. I'm sure that knocked them down a couple notches as well. All right, we shall see it. We'll get to so they practice tomorrow, then they're off. Are they are they off now? Football? No, they, they practice today. Oh, they practice today. Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay. And media was not allowed to be there, so that's right. Okay, gotcha. All mm-hmm. right, who's going to win the SEC basketball tournament? What's that? Who's going to win the SEC basketball tournament? Come on, Preston. Oh man, dude, you're putting me on the spot here of course that's Jordy, what i do i'm gonna plead a fifth here oh just throw a name out in the wind and we'll see what happens anyway all right well go enjoy spring break since you don't have to cover football but but you got to cover recruiting is it a big weekend they got more tons of kids oh, coming in weekend oh it's a huge weekend jordy i mean you've got colin hurley on campus the very vocal quarterback commit uh, you've got about a dozen other guys. This is a massive weekend for recruiting. Of course, they're kind of turning the page to the 2024 class here. Uh, right. You know, the 2023 set in stone. Uh, you've got Walt Claire Flynn on campus, Zion Ford Ferguson, the commit out of Gainesville, Georgia. I mean, okay. tons of guys. If you want to see the full list, we have that at TigerBait.com available to take a look. We also have practice footage where you can kind of look at the players and get to get the first glimpse cool. we have all that up and rolling at tigerbait.com right now it's the best it is the best preston guy with with uh, uh mike scarborough and and the rest of the crew thank you so much my guy i uh, have a great weekend man enjoy it all right you too jordy 
Take care. Preston Guy with us from TigerBait.com. Is Jameis Winston going to remain a saint? Is Michael Thomas going to remain a saint? We'll get Larry Holder of the Athletics of the Athletics opinion next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus discount outlets, 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Three locations for Eon, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli inside their store with everything else under the sun. It's the home of the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef. Crawfish boil? Yes, indeed. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're broadcasting from the EPCO Development Studios. EPCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. Four quarterfinal games in the SEC men's basketball tournament. Number one seed Alabama destroyed Mississippi State today, 72-49. Next up in the morning session, Tennessee versus Missouri. In the evening session, it's Arkansas versus Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. The team that ended finally LSU's miserable season gets to take on on Kentucky news on the Saints front so let's bring in our main man uh Larry Holder of the Athletic who's very busy with his Saint uh, Patty's Day preparations but he's kind enough to carve out some time for us Larry how are you sir I'm good you know look it's a uh, Saint Patty's Day it's like Mardi Gras is a month uh Saint Patty's Day has become a month for me too many parades <laughs> uh too much fun not enough time my friend it's on top of uh, work, uh, one of the busiest times of the year in the NFL with free agency. Yes. All right. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we saw how excited Michael Thomas was that Derek Carr became the Saints quarterback. And apparently the Saints and Thomas are making progress toward a contract extension. You think Michael Thomas is a Saint next year? Look, I think signs are pointing that way and part of it is that look michael thomas is certainly yeah i think a contract extension would mean he's going to have to take a bit of a pay cut and then it lowers right. his money and it obviously you know how the saints work kick it down the road like always but i do yeah. think i found it interesting in the in the reporting that michael thomas was really part of the pitch group to mm-hmm. help Derek carr so i'm i'm thinking that like the saints if, here's the thing: If they cut him now, uh, it, it's it, they don't save a lot of money in, in that portion of what they were trying to do anyway. So I think it was probably better uh, for probably both sides that they do something like this, and maybe Michael Thomas, even though it could be an extension, maybe it's just a pseudo one-year prove-it deal kind of a thing right. for him. Right. So I think that's. Uh, I think yeah, it, it also when you when you 
you're trying to pitch Derek Carr to come to New Orleans. I mean, if you don't include Michael Thomas in the receiving core, then what do you have? Chris Olave, exactly. uh, you know, Rashid Shaheed, yeah. who did it for about four games. You know, it's not – it's and who else? So that's the thing. I think that's – once they got Carr, you had to figure, all right, there's got to be some sort of angle there to yeah. persuade Carr to come to New Orleans, and that's probably it. So I'm curious to see – uh, if they can get that done, because they got to get it done by next Wednesday, uh, once the league year officially starts. I think Derek Carr helps Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas, if healthy, helps Derek Carr. Um, you do a one deal. Uh, you do a deal with uh, some incentives on it, and man, Thomas could then go and bank that into something bigger and better. I think it just makes sense for both to agree to this extension. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, look, Michael Thomas has got to prove he can still play in the league. I mean, that's, yes. that's just what it is. And uh, you know, it would be beneficial. And then if things go well, maybe they stick it out. But it's you know, it, it's something that uh, I, I know for some Saints fans are like, come on, man, we're still going to have Michael Thomas on the team. And so it, there's certainly a, a checkered pass with, with everything, even though, you, look, you and me have talked about Michael Thomas a ton over the past bunch of years. You know, this year he was legitimately hurt. The previous year he did his own thing and really botched things uh, right. with the staff and medical staff and obviously Sean Payton and uh, and his own play. And so, yeah, I think that it's it's kind of a hard thing for Saints fans to buy into this again. But to me, you're, I agree with you that it makes the most sense for each side to figure something out and see what they have uh, going forward in 2023, both of them together, not apart. Yeah, Larry Holder of The Athletic. Um, That does not surprise me. This ESPN report does that New Orleans has been in contact with Jameis Winston about renegotiating his contract so he can stay in New Orleans for the 2023 season. I don't know if there's any buyers out there for Jameis, so it may behoove him to, okay, what, what can you offer me? I'll take it. I just want to stay in the league. What do you think? Well, I think he would have a spot in the league. But, I mean, look, he's not going to be a starter somewhere in the league. But right. I do think part of this, though, is that if the Saints were to cut him now, it would they would only save $4.4 million. If they make him a post-June 1st cut, you know, kind of the, the way the salary cap goes, you'd save closer to $12 million. So oh. I think the Saints are, are basically huh. throwing out a branch to lower the number that he would cost to the cap, give Jameis Winston a place to be. Uh, look, we, we've seen how much in the league where if you're the backup, uh, injuries happen and maybe he plays. And so, you know, I'm I'm curious to see. I'm leery to see if if that remains. If, if Jameis takes that as an option, because I do think that there are certainly some uh, fray in the relationship. Uh, yes. between Dennis Allen, the Saints, and Jameis Winston. So even though that's there, I'm, I think they're trying to do it to help themselves uh, <laughs> and, and maybe co- convince Jameis that this is a good idea. Yeah, I, I guess if you had the the odds on who's more, who you favor more to be a Saint next year, I would put it on the guy that I thought was long gone, and that's Michael Thomas. I think he stays. I don't see how Jameis does. Yeah, look, I thought uh, that 
I never thought James would be in the plan. So just because yeah. that's out there, I'm you know, I'm taking that as a grain of salt. But yeah, I, I would definitely put odds way higher at this rate on Michael Thomas being a scene as opposed to uh, Jameis Winston. And you're wondering, actually, look, what, what what's Andy Dalton thinking? That's uh, my next it, question. Yes. What do you do with him? Yeah, I, because here I, I think Andy Dalton knows uh, he, he's not a dummy. The writing's on the wall. Like he, he, he he's not a he's not a starter in the league in general. Even though, look, he was he was solid for the Saints. I don't think there's yes. any doubt you could say he was solid, but he wasn't. He's not getting you any further than where they went last year. So I, you know, J, you know, he signed a one year deal last year. Would he want to do that again? I, I'm curious to see because he probably thinks, look, I played pretty decent last year for this team. Maybe yeah. I can go somewhere else. And if the quarterback situation is as shaky uh, you know, as it was for the Saints last year, maybe he can go somewhere else. But, I mean, he knows like it's not shaky anymore. Like, Derek Carr's a guy. Jameis Winston, you knew, even though they said he was going to be the guy, you knew there was, there was an, a, a, an escape hatch. Uh, and actually, it's funny. I'm with a buddy of mine who's from Lafayette who listens to me all the time. He literally just yelled, Jordy in the background, so that oh, you got a shout out literally from a friend of mine <laughs> as we're doing well, our stuff. Tell, tell but, your friend uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, when you when you look at it, uh, look, Andy's signing as a backup somewhere, and so you wonder how his situation is gonna is gonna be given that he played a lot last year, uh, looked solid at times, looked iffy at times, but you know he's looking for a a backup job where it's probably the yeah. quarterback situation's a little shakier than what it's going to be in New Orleans. I got to share a, a story to show, I mean, how times have changed. I was a little kid. Kansas City was in the Super Bowl against Minnesota at Tulane Stadium. Um, Len Dawson, you know, uh, Hank Stram. That's when my, that's when Hank Stram was mic'd up for NFL films, you know, matriculate the ball down the field. Walked up to the gate with my dad. We bought tickets for $25, and we walked in the day of the game to the Super Bowl, and one of the great players, for the Chiefs, Otis Taylor, who caught a little five-yard out pass and tiptoed down the sideline for about 70 yards for a touchdown. And Otis Taylor died today, or died yesterday, um, at 80 years old. Golly, what a great player. What a great team that was. Well before your time. Well before my time, but I am de- I'm, uh, I'm familiar uh, with with. With that era, just because you know that happened here, and then uh, you know it yeah. happened. Look, Hank Stram is you know, people associate him still a lot with New Orleans, and and so, uh, but yeah, it's a, that that Chiefs team back then. You know, you know they Whew. they were in the, in the in the hunt to win, and <laughs> no pun intended, yeah. considering their the Hunt family. But still, Buck it's, uh, it, it, <laughs> look, right. they were they were they were one of the best uh, in, in that Buck era. Buchanan. no doubt about that. Buck Buchanan, Willie Lanier, um, Mike Garrett. Oh, sheesh. They were, they were well, awesome. Funny you, um, mentioned, right, uh, so... funny you mentioned Willie Lanier because we did a, a couple of years ago, we did a top 100 uh, NFL players uh, list for, uh, for the athletic. And I did a story yeah. on Willie Lanier and got you know, interviewed. And he, was one of, he was definitely <laughs> one of the most interesting guys. I have ever interviewed. He was just, you know, he's his own guy, and it's, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's it, it's definitely different than the, the way a lot of a lot of players are uh, are now. So he, he definitely <laughs> yeah. comes from a different era. 
No doubt. All right, I'm going to throw three names out. You tell me where they're going to be playing football next year, just for fun. Let's start with your boy up in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. Who's he going to be playing for next year? I'm going to say the Jets. I think that's going to happen. I think he's he's going to do it, and I think Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback in Green Bay. So I think – I think Green Bay and, and Aaron have had enough, and the Jets. I agree. They're basically I going agree. the Brett Favre route once again, strange that it's going to happen again in that. But I, like, I think he's going to be with the Jets. Hang in there, Minnesota. You'll get Rodgers in a few years, just like you got Favre. Oh my God, um, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, or elsewhere next year. I think he'll be with the Ravens. I think teams are not going to be willing to, A, spend two first-rounders and, B, spend the money that he's probably looking for. So, But, I mean, here's the thing. If Lamar's got to play one more year into the franchise tag, he'll probably be free next year. But, yeah, I think think he's going to stick with the Ravens this year. I guess the next in the hierarchy of quarterback wants, um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Who's he going to play for next year? I'm going to go Carolina. Ooh, yeah. So I think they're, I think I'm gonna go Carolina because I don't. They're not guaranteed unless they make want to make a big trade. Uh, you, you look, they're in the top ten. Um, will they be willing to move up? But there's going to be competitors, you know, for Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud yeah. and uh, Will Levis and uh, Anthony Richardson. You know, there's going to be a lot of movement shaking. Can they afford to wait that long? I don't know. So I'm gonna yeah, like we said, just for fun. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's gonna be with the Carolina Panthers. Who's the better team, Jimmy Garoppolo with the Panthers or Derek Carr with the Saints? Who's your favorite, if that happens, to win the NFC South? I'm still going to go the Saints just because okay. uh, Jimmy G has been banged up. Uh, I think uh, Derek Carr can do a little bit more for you than Jimmy G. I don't think Derek Carr is as much of a game manager as Jimmy G. Uh, but like, but let our our expectations though for Derek Carr, obviously all this stuff had, had gone down earlier this week. So uh, right. look, I think our expectations look at best. I think Derek Carr is a top twelve quarterback, but I do think that uh, uh, he's better, obviously better than what you have. But uh, no, I still think if they would have Jimmy G, I would still say the Saints are are still the favorite. Oh man, Anthony Richardson. What what are all your guys at the Athletics saying about this freak from Florida who really wasn't, you know, had some moments in college, but you know, if you just go by what the yeah, running and jumping and how you look, he's off the charts. But can he play? Yeah, I think that's the ultimate question because you look, like, you and me have been able to watch him a decent bit just because of where the area of the country we live in and seen him play, you know, more than just one or two times. Like, we, we see him on TV all the time. Uh, so I think that's the big question. But, like, but also, when you think of it, too, like, Will Levis has gotten a ton of hype, but yeah. can he really play? Like, I think that's, really? that's a question to me, too. Like, I, think, I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I think they're certainly top two. Levis and Richardson, I think, are question marks. And so, but, you know, look how quarterback needy these teams are. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I think it's uh, they're more of a, a roll of the dice. Uh, I think Young and Stroud can play in the league. I, I'm, yeah. I'm still leery on the other two. 
Young is so accurate. And he's like a, he, 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 I know, he's like a Joe Montana kind of a guy. He's just, he's just smart. He makes plays. You know, he, he's just good. I, I think he's going to be terrific. Is it weird, though, Jordy, that I, I feel like I'd rather Hendon Hooker than some of these guys? If he's yeah. not hurt, I think he's in that. Like, I just, I've just seen him play better than Richardson. Yeah. I've seen him play, play better than Levis. Like, yeah. that, I mean, that's if just he's me. A, I don't know. If he's around in the third round, don't you, in the Saints, if he's there, don't you take the guy? No, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. Uh, I, I yeah, think absolutely. I'm with you. Because what if Derek Carr, what if he tanks in two years, then right. he got hooker and he could play? I don't know. But I right. think uh, I think that, I, look, a third round, I, I would have zero problem with the Saints going to go get Hendrick Hooker. Take take off your professional glasses and get, be, give me, be, become a Saints fan again. Let's just pretend, all right? Um, first pick in the draft uh, at number 29. Do you stay there? Do you move up? And uh, what do you get? What do you go for? I think you have enough needs where you can feel good staying at 29 and 41 and uh, and kind of whatever falls to you, you'd be good. Like I, I think what part of it is that we got to figure out what happens in free agency. Like Marcus yeah. Davenport could be gone, David Onyemata could be gone, uh, Shy Tuttle could be gone. Like so, you could have both of your star defensive tackles gone. So True. I think defensive tackle is something you look at there, uh, and depending on what else they do. But still, yeah, I think defensive line makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I don't. I'm not totally sure. Say the first round pick. If people might point to running back, I'm not going there yet. Uh, you know, but still, okay. I think I think we might have a better conversation asking that next week at this time because we'll okay. be a week into free agency. Done deal. Now go go take care of your St. Patty's Day float and go make it a good one, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate. It. Have fun, man. You deserve it. Enjoy it, Jordy. I'm I'm, I'm I never have fun. I'm just a real boring guy. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Larry Holder you, <laughs> of The Athletic. <laughs> we'll be back to wrap up our number one here um, after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The Monster Trucks are coming back to the Cajun Dome. The toughest Monster Truck Tour returns March 17th and 18th. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is a VIP package to the toughest Monster Truck Tour. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com. A VIP package includes four tickets, access to the pit area, a merchandise certificate, lunch with the truck drivers on that Friday. The toughest Monster Truck Tour is coming back, and you could win a VIP package courtesy of the game southwest louisiana's sports station don't agree with what jordy has to say not to worry he's always open to a healthy debate well dean i'm I'm glad that you asked that actually i'd like to jump in and take that one jimmy if you don't mind have at it give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 now back to more of the jordy holberg show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station Broadcasting from the EFCO Development Studios, EFCO Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily 
construction. Uh, keeping in line with the Saints, JT Gray has carved out quite a quite a role for himself as a special team standout, and the Saints rewarded him today with a contract extension. The new deal is going to pay Gray nine point six million, with two point four million in guarantees. He could earn as much as eleven point one million if he hits additional playtime incentives, according to an NFL Network. Uh, network report. Uh, remember, he signed with the Saints as an undrafted free agent out of Mississippi State in 2018. He's appeared in 67 games, playing almost exclusively on special teams. Um, he did play some defense, recorded 66 career tackles. Um, AP All-Pro twice in his career, back in 2019 and again in 2021. He named a, a first-team All-Pro after recording a career-high 16 special teams tackles. He's led the Saints in special teams tackles in each of the last four seasons. You got to keep that dude. You got to keep him. Uh, game two of the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament. Tennessee leads Missouri 16-9 to with about 11 minutes to go in the first half. Again, earlier, Alabama 72, Mississippi State 49. 49. We'll update that score um, in the SEC, get you around some other scores as well. Um, coming up in hour number two, George Faust will join us as we discuss all things Raging Cajuns and get his thoughts on other things as well. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make our weekly picks. Who's going to win the SEC tournament? Uh, what seed will the Cajuns be? What seed will Kim Mulkey's team be? The, the Pelicans back in action tomorrow. Another must-win situation. So we'll go over all those things and much more, plus some birthday wishes as well. Hour number two, the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles is coming up after this top of the hour sports update. Stay with us. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two on a Friday. Yay! March 10th, the year 2023. Zero tickets were punched into the NCAA tournament. UNC lost. They're done, I think. Um, and it looks like the LA, it looks like the SEC may get as many as nine teams into the tournament since Arkansas, Vandy, and Mississippi State won yesterday. Mississippi State got beaten by Alabama today. So if Arkansas can hold on, Vandy upset Kentucky. Um, I'm kind of liking their chances of getting nine teams into the dance. But much, much more on that to come. Is my main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair. Does an outstanding job. Couldn't do this without him. Um, so I appreciate him very much. He's on the campus of Delta Media, where you will find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. 
We're on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles. We are streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. We broadcast each and every day from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. LSU season in basketball is over mercilessly. Um, Vanderbilt took it to him yesterday. LSU trailed by double digits in the second half. They just couldn't shoot. Uh, Matt McMahon has to do a complete overhaul on this thing. His approach to everything needs to change. Um, I know he can coach. I know that. He's just got to get the right players. You got to get players that can compete in a league that in all likelihood is going to get nine teams into the NCAA tournament and may have the overall number one seed in the tournament in Alabama. Just may, just may Um, Bob Marlin and the raging Cajuns sitting well, not sitting. I'm sure they're practicing and keeping their keeping their fine-tuned edge together. We'll find out Sunday um, where they're going to go and who they're going to play against. And Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, has the Cajuns 26 and 7 overall as a number 13 seed in the tournament. Uh, we shall see. The last four in, Providence, North Carolina State, Rutgers, Utah State. First four out, Clemson, Vanderbilt, Oklahoma State, and Nevada. So Vandy may need a little bit of help as they take on the Kentucky Wildcats tonight. It'll be Arkansas versus um, Texas A&M in the first game of the nightcap session, and it will be Kentucky and Vanderbilt after that. The, the, the Pelicans are off until tomorrow. They are 32 and 34 tied with the Lakers. The Lakers own the tiebreaker over the Pels. So the Lakers are the nine seed. The Pelicans are the 10 seed, but only two games separate um, number 11 from number six in this thing. Just two games, and the Pels are a game and a half out of sixth, two games out of fifth. They'd have to they'd have to jump over the Clippers, who've won two in a row. The Golden State Warriors are at number six. They just can't win on the road. They've lost three in a row. They're seven and twenty-six on the road this year. That is unheard of and unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, as bad as the Pels are on the road, they're eleven and twenty-three. But uh, the Warriors struggling, to say the very, very least, and the Pell schedule up next is certainly favorable um, as they uh, look to try and make a move. Try to make a move. They got the Oklahoma City Thunder at home tomorrow. They got the Trail Blazers from Portland at home on Sunday. Then they have the Lakers at home on Tuesday. Back-to-back games against the Houston Rockets one week from today and su- next Sunday. And the Rockets are certainly tanking. They are bringing up the rear of the Western Conference at 15 and 51. Um, San Antonio is 16 and 49. 
line just ahead of them. So the Rockets want to keep that opportunity for the first pick in the draft. It looks like it's going down to Houston and Detroit. Detroit's 15 and 52 as well. So um, the Pels ought to just be hand-delivered those two wins. Uh, And as I've said before, then they have the Spurs after that at home. So a chance to make some a serious move in, in this Western Conference. It's it's a lot will depend upon Brandon Ingram and his injury. How how is how soon will he come back? The Pels are pretty quiet about that. Um, but you have an opportunity to certainly win one, two, three, four, five, maybe six in a row, and then the Hornets seven in a row, make it eight in a row. They could go on an eight game win streak if they play hard, if they play together, if they play smart. Man, they got a chance. And it was great to see C.J. McCollum in that fourth quarter in their uh, big win over the Dallas Mavericks uh, in their last opportunity out there. So um, that was huge. The Pels have two, four. Let's see here. How many? Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16 games left. 16 games. Yep, 16 games left. Man, they got a chance. These next eight, they've got a chance because after that, holy cow, they've got the Warriors in Golden State, the Nuggets in Denver, the Clippers at home, the Kings at home, the Grizzly at home, the Knicks at home, and they close out with the Timberwolves on the road. So a tough, tough sled. Uh, is Zion going to be available? Is he going to be ready to play or not? Your guess is as good as mine on that one. No John Rahm at the Players' Championship. He left before the start of round two with a uh, stomach illness. Um, so... Uh, the number one player in the world is uh, is out, and as of right now, second round, um, some some guy named Bezudentot is at seven under par. Colin Marikawa is at six under par, um, and still on the course. Lots lots to do. Uh, Ramey was leading the thing, uh, but he is at. Three over par today, minus five for the tournament. Scotty Scheffler, even today, he's at four under par. So still a lot of golf left to be played. Sam Burns hanging in there. He's a plus two today. He's in the clubhouse at two under par. So he'll make the cut for sure. Uh, And we'll see what happens on moving day Saturday. We'll take our uh, first time out here of hour number two. When we return, George Faust from KLFY will join us. We'll talk all things Cajuns and all things sports in Acadiana. Next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We here at the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, are asking for your help. We would like for you to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana. Turn that bell on so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. Help us get to 1,000 followers. We can do it with your help at The Game Louisiana on YouTube. 
There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hi, George. How are you, Mr. Faust? Doing well. Doing well on this Friday. Oh, it is a Friday. Yes, yes. it is. But in the sports business, which you're in, this is the busiest time. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's that's when everything happens, right? Uh, oh, yeah. And it's nothing but... Uh... College basketball, high school basketball, that's what we've uh, we've been focused on for the past yeah, uh, couple of weeks. So, yeah. Let's let, let's talk a little bit of high school basketball. How about uh, New Iberia, uh, the Yellow Jackets, making that um, trip to the state finals, huh? Yeah, very impressive. They hadn't been to the Final Four since 99. Um, it, very impressive. Uh, they Last night, I was at the game last night. I covered it. And, uh, yeah, the, um, they just, they, that was, that was one of the fastest games. Now, I don't mean time wise. I, I mean, the speed of the game that they were playing was huh. so, it was so fast and intense. I really don't know how they, they can keep their heads about them. Early on, look, New Iberia looked like they were, you know, deer in headlights. And, uh, and coach Chad Pochier said, you know, he took him aside and he said, look, you guys, he told us this after the game. He said, we have to be ourselves. Like we're not, we're not playing like New Iberia. We're playing, we're trying, we're completely disregarding what got us to here. He said, let's just be us. And that's good enough. And sure enough, over the last three quarters, they were, they were, they were exactly just, what they had been all year, and uh, and then towards the end of the end of the game, man, such a great job by New Iberia and those guys to knock down their free throws. They were so vital. I think they only missed one free throw in the last what two minutes of the game, and then all of overtime. And uh, mm-hmm. and coach said he said one of the free throws that they missed. I, I think I think they might have missed two, but one of the free throws they missed. Coach goes, I told him to miss it, and I don't know why I did that. That was dumb on my part. He, uh, but I guess he was thinking, let's get the clock running and, you know, get this game over with. Uh, but unbelievable job by New Iberia. They're playing for a state championship. They got Ponchatoula, uh, and they'll do that Saturday night. Uh, it'll be the nightcap uh, of, uh, of the, all the events at Burton there in Lake Charles. Saturday night at 8 p.m. Uh, who else? Anybody else in the Acadiana area in the championship uh, so- game? Yeah, so so in about uh, 45 minutes, a little less than 45 minutes, uh, North Central and Franklin will play uh, for the state championship. And uh, okay. uh, I, I, I'm not sure it was like Division Five, I think four or five, I can't remember. Uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, North Central and Franklin, uh, they'll be they'll be. It's it's basically two ends of our uh, of our uh, of our area of our yeah. viewing area. <laughs> so. Yeah, we have uh, – th- those are the three at the moment, you know. So uh, That's a Division yeah. Four non-select Division four. championship. So um, good luck to all of them. Uh, 
The Raging Cajuns are waiting until Sunday. I mean, they have they secured their bid into the NCAA tournament. Um, man, they, they were on a mission all year long. We talked about it, and you stressed it. Um, they just would not be denied, and they figured out a way, found a way, and what a, what a what a what a moment that is and and boy that that silences a lot of critics of Bob Marlin that's bought him yeah. some time man he's in the dance yeah look it's it's definitely uh uh Bob those guys and and that crew that uh for the Cajun basketball program i mean they they knew what they 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 knew what they had. I and I saw it early in the year. You know, you ask coaches, and you know, all coaches tell you the same thing. Oh, yeah, we look good, we look good. But there, there was something different about the way this team was. Uh, Coach Marlin was was kind of talking about this team. You could kind of feel and sense that this that they had something special that they were working towards. And uh, yeah, I think I think. Um, we, when we asked him early on, he he was talking about, yeah, look, yeah, th- this is a special group. I really like the way they co- come together. And I think what we've seen over the over the you know uh, season is the growth and the uh, of the guard play for the Cajuns, which is huge in a tournament, right? I mean, that's right. how you win uh, in games in the NCAA tournament. Themas Folks, I think, has been one of the uh, pleasant surprises and he's grown so much from the start of this year to right now. I mean, everybody knows Jordan Brown and, 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 you know, but what are you going to do when they stick, when whoever you play sticks their best guy or, you know, matches up with Jordan, who's going to be that guy to step up and, and, and give you some points. And I think what Themis has proven over the last, three games of the regular season and into this tournament, the Sunbelt tournament is that he's that guy. He yeah. can, he can dish it and he can score. I mean, that, that, and that's, that's huge go, to build that confidence heading into a tournament uh, of the magnitude of the NCAA tournament is, yeah, uh, is, is the, just a massive confidence builder. Our bracketologist has them as a 13 seed. So um, look, it doesn't matter. You're in and that's, that's, that's terrific. Yep. Um, baseball. They got the, the Cajuns got their revenge on McNeese. And now they look <laughs> forward to high point coming in. What uh, well, Matt Deggs um, one in three the week before looks like they bounced back. Yeah. Look, I, I think it's all, it's all relative to kind of getting better and getting uh starting the season and, and kind of recognizing uh, what you have and how you can use it and kind of figuring that out. And I, maybe that's where they're at. And look, that Campbell team that they played, that's a, that's a good ball club. Yes, so, I, I mean, you might look at that and go, Campbell beat them was it two or three. Oh man. What? But I mean, you know, that doesn't mean that, that, that the Cajuns aren't going to be successful. That just means, Hey, look, you got some more work to go do. And you, you need to you need to take care of your business when you get the opportunity. Like you said, they beat McNeese uh, midweek here, and uh, I think it's an opportunity now to kind of build on that and 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 kind of figure out who belongs where. I mean, that's that's going to be something he has to do pre-conference here, and conference play is coming up pretty quickly. I think yeah. it's in like the next week and a half, weeks or so. They I think they play ODU coming up, so. Uh, so yeah, I, with regards to that, I I think, I I feel like they have talent. It's just a matter of kind of figuring out how to use it and, 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 uh, accessing it 
to the best of their ability. Very good. George Faust, KLFY. Uh, is Jerry Glasgow crazy? What's he doing scheduling all these top 25 opponents this season? And most of them are in the top 10. He's, boy, he's going to be a, a – they're going to have a seasoned softball club by the time uh, conference play comes along. That's that's That was the plan. He, he wants to be able to uh, uh, get his, his team in a position to win a regional he, and a super on the road. And uh, I think that's the best way to do it, right? I mean, he's he he's, he talked about how tough the schedule. He wants them to be this battle-tested team, and that that is definitely what 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 it's turning out for uh, for them, no doubt. <laughs> And meanwhile, while all that's happening, uh, Coach Dez is, is starting his second um, spring football uh, campaign. And uh, he didn't have any quarterbacks. He, he's he really out there throwing the ball to wide receivers? <laughs> I got to be honest, Jordy, I've been so slow with basketball. I haven't had a chance to look at uh, – we, we went to the first practice. And that was it. I haven't seen a whole lot. If Coach Des is up, maybe he just wanted to get a little exercise in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are the expectations for this football team for next year? Look, if you look at the schedule, I, I, you know, I looked at, I looked at, oh, their schedule is pretty favorable. I think you can, like, they need to, they need to uh, kind of make some hay in, in this year because I think they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, with regards to the way they they position their schedule and and how they, uh, I, I think they're a pretty good team. Um, one or two, two, one, two, three in the Sun Belt West, I think is is reasonable. Um, yeah, it's I think it's possible that they could be standing at the end uh, playing in a championship game because that's been the expectation, and uh, you know. Obviously, you have to. There's there's key games. I mean, Troy, Southern Miss is now you know something you got to deal with. Uh, Troy, Southern Miss, Arkansas State's always an interesting matchup. So those those three are the are the three that you know you got to win those right. And those uh, I think right. you do that. You're sitting pretty in the in the western side of the uh, of the of the conference. So uh, and, and I think they have they they. I don't think that they are as far off as, as maybe some people believe. I think they probably are closer than people people realize. He is George Faust from KLFY. Can we do our all of ourselves a favor? In a couple of days, can McNeese sign Will Wade to be their basketball coach? And then can we get the Cajuns and the Cowboys on, on the I, I court tell you together what, I because I, I don't think Bob Marlowe will ever grant Will Wade a game because <laughs> and strictly as payback because Will Wade <laughs> said, "Oh, we play in state schools. Uh, we play Northwestern. We play McNeese. We play Louisiana Tech." And he skipped over the Cajuns. I, I, I that was. I mean, they would have to play. I, I mean, I'm going to assume they would have to play because. Uh, I don't. I I personally don't think that's the right hire for McNeese. If I'm get, if I'm saying that, like I okay. I think Will Wade Will Wade is like uh, tainted. <laughs> like it just it's just not like I just don't I I don't know that that guy. I mean, obviously he can coach, but at, at what what peril to your program is he going to do? Is he, right. is, is it going to happen? So let me I ask. Just, let I, me ask you this. Your Ole Miss Rebels are about to hire Chris Beard. I, what do you think of that? Yes, I think that is – look, everybody has their issues, right? And I guess on the same same kind of breath, 
you know, he had he had an issue. And Chris Beard's a different. It's a different situation. I, I, he he didn't he didn't cheat on the field on the court. He he had a, a, a an ex, external uh, situation that he had to deal with. Um, and I, I don't know. I think there's there's it's a little bit different because the, what you're looking at is a is a a moral issue as opposed to an issue that's on the court. It's very – man, that's some heady stuff right there, Jordy. But uh, I, I think <laughs> well, look, I, I was talking this to way. a high school coach last night at, uh, at, um, at the state championships in, in Lake Charles, and they were, he was telling me and Chris Beard would be the best hire Ole Miss could ever make. Uh, he, so he's a big he's fan. And coach. so I think yeah. uh, going with – you know – I don't know. I know there was the domestic violence, and that that's, Come on, that's not okay win, by any, win by any, any stretch. Win at any cost. At least what Will Wade did to get LSU in trouble is now legal, so he can do that if he goes to Lake Charles. <laughs> I mean, it's win uh, I, at every cost. Good point. Good point. I, look, I've never met Coach Wade, I, but I, he always rubbed me the wrong way. With regards to just the way he he, he he's he's got that cockiness he's about him. That, look, there's yep. nothing wrong with that. It just rubs me the wrong way. Matt and I, I used to always discuss this. I got you. <laughs> I understand to each his own, but. You're fixing to hire a coach. I'm telling you, he's got issues not only at Texas, but he had him at Texas Tech, and he had him win. That's all people want, win. And you know why McNeese <laughs> is going to hire Will Wade? Because he is brash, he wins. and he's going to put people in the seats, and he's going to go yeah, get yeah. players, and then he's going to be I, gone. He's going to get another job. So Right, he'll be that, somewhere in the SEC, somewhere else. Yep, You're right. Our you're right. That's, I, I understand it, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Uh, our good well, buddy RP3, hey. our buddy Raymond Parsa third said there's a way that, that, that they should honor Coach Robichaux and they should have the Robe Classic between UL and McNeese in baseball. That's a no-brainer. I mean, why hadn't people thought of that uh, sooner? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, take a page from, from LSU, what they do with the uh, the Wally Pontiff Classic type yeah, thing. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. That's definitely something that uh, – that's very forward thinking in RP3's part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every dog. Yeah, every I'm sure, I'm gets sure a nut something's every in the works eventually, you know. Yeah, every squirrel gets a nut eventually. But you get a lot of people, you raise money and you give it to whatever coach, the great late Coach Robes' favorite charity was, and you, did, you right. earmark the money to that. Come on. No, that's, that's a great point. Great point. No doubt about it. No doubt okay. about it. So you're a hey, big Mardi Gras dude. Are you a big St. Patty's Day dude as well? Uh, you know when I was when I lived in in Metairie, I, yeah, we did it a lot. But uh, ever since I've lived in Acadiana, I, I, not not too much. I mean, the old the old the parades that would run in Metairie, they'd throw the cabbages and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was legit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no city parties more. And in excess and more often than than our hometowns um, uh, in New Orleans. It's it's unbelievable. All right, George Faust, tell the kids they did great as usual. Um, And you have a go get them a go get them an icy or something. Hey, let let, let me throw this in there real quick because we're working on a lot of stuff for the uh, 
for the basketball okay. uh, NCAA tournament. I have our, okay. we have a, we're doing our Cajun Nation special. We're doing it live Sunday night at 1035. We're going to have uh, some uh, features and ad- we're going to break down where they're going, all that good stuff. And we're going to talk with uh, Brad Boyd's going to be our little analyst. Uh, for the hoop thing on on Sunday night, and then we're doing okay. another special on Wednesday night uh, at six thirty. So uh, all on Cajun uh, basketball. Them get the road cool. to Houston, Cajun Nation, the road to Houston. So uh, cool. I, I want people to check in on that. Where uh, I'm actually about to go start uh, breaking that down and how how we're going to present everything. So uh, if people are hungry for a little basketball, well, Absolutely. we're gonna have we're gonna have it for you Sunday night. And uh, Wednesday night as well. Get behind and this Cajun. Get behind this Cajun team. You know what's going to happen. McNeese is going to hire Will Wade right at the same time that UL is about to be announced where they're going. You watch. It's going to happen. We're going to throw gasoline on the fire. You you know what? You're probably right. (laughs) We're going to throw gasoline on the fire. Plain and simple. Anyway, um, George, thank you. It's always fun, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right, man. You too. You too. All right. George George Faust from KLFY. We'll be back with more. Time to make some picks with a special guest picker after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And we are brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. DC's Little Capital Exxon, everything under the sun in their store. And tucked away in the corner, their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef. Man, turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Friday, March 10th from the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a construction company that specializes in multifamily construction at the half. Tennessee leads Missouri in the second of four quarterfinal matchups at the SEC Men's Tournament in Nashville. It's the Volunteers 33, Missouri 30. Alabama disposed of Mississippi State rather handily 72 to 49. This is my favorite segment of the week. And my favorite day of the week. Uh, and usually George Becknell joins us, but George has got something that they just recently popped up, so he is unavailable. So I am thrilled to get the dynamic duo that follows this program uh, each and every day on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Of course, James Mesh in the uh, producer's chair and Matt Miguez, kind enough to join us, guys. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for stepping in, buddy. How you doing? Well, is anybody there? He he James. messed up, he messed up his mic for a second. Oh, Jordy, there we go. That, I'm good. How are you? That's kind of important in the radio business, Matt. Let's try it again. I'm thrilled to have you on. Thanks so much for stepping in. 
Appreciate you having me, Jordy. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I'm doing very well. Very well. Uh, there's not many games to pick, uh, but but some topics we can we can throw around. Um, Michael Thomas. I, I thought he was long gone. You guys, uh, let's start with you, uh, James Mesh. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas. I, I'm starting to lean toward him being a saint again. What do you think? It's funny how when the fir- when the restructuring happened, I had said, oh, okay, well, that just means like the- you're just going to save money and like, this is going to help with Mike. But everyone, including Matt and Ray and everyone else, was like coming at me like, no, dude, they're, they're cutting him, they're trading him, they're doing something. He's not going to be on the Saints in 2023. And would you look at that? He's hanging mm-hmm. out with Chris Olave on a boat on vacation. He's been tweeting, like even before, even during the season when the Saints swept the Falcons, he was still tweeting, like he was tweeting the uh, sweep emoji since the Saints had swept the Falcons. Like he was showing support on Twitter and on uh, social media, like, hey, I'm still with the Saints. But like, even though he had bashed like the training staff, because I mean, it's terrible because they always botch injuries. It was like he soon deleted and realized, well, I'm being stupid. Why am I doing this? I mean, to me, he has shown commitment. But people were just so quick to assume, oh, they're getting rid of him because they lowered his number. They do that all the time. I don't know if there's a big demand for him because he hasn't played in so long. So I mm-hmm. think Matt, Matt, this is a this is a win win. I think if he's healthy, he makes Derek Carr better, and I think he's finally got a quarterback. The next best thing to Drew Brees that he's had. This is a win win. So first, James, I will I will rebuttal Boy, your statement you by under saying. The bus. By by saying a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. That's not true. So congratulations. But on the Michael Thomas thing, look, if it's an incentive deal and the it's a low salary number and it's a team friendly deal for the Saints, I'm all for it. Because like you mentioned, Jordy, he makes he makes the offense better. He's going to give Derek Carr another huge option to go to in this offense. And again, I I just think it's a win win if you can keep Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a big demand for him, and I mm-hmm. think he was part of the recruiting pitch, and I think Derek Carr said, I'll come if he's there. Um, so we'll, we'll see how quickly this works out. On the flip side, I, I thought I thought Jameis Winston was long gone, uh, but apparently the Saints want to keep him as well. Um, James, is Jameis the backup quarterback next year? Uh, I mean, throughout the season, even when he got benched for Andy Dalton, if you watched him on the sideline at all, he would, anytime there was a big play by the Saints, he was pretty much one of the first people to go up to the guy, like whether it was Paulson Debo with a pick or someone made a touchdown, he was one of the first people to like congratulate them on the big play. So even though we all kind of thought, oh, he's probably leaving because like he wants to see if he can get a job somewhere else, I, I could see him doing that because he's made so many friends and has so many relationships with the Saints. And I don't think like the relationship with Dennis Allen is as bad as we all thought it was because it was like, why are you benching Andy Dalton? Well, it's because Jameis Winston, his archetype as a quarterback is more of a gunslinger. And the way that Saints want to run it, they want to do more of running the ball, protecting the ball, control the clock type of offense. And that just doesn't mesh well with having a really well, good why, defense and a gunslinger. Would he, why would he stick around then? Now, to me, honestly, I'm not sure. I think they they looked at it and they're like, after looking at all of it, Andy Dalton, do we really want him back again? He's okay. He's okay. But I, to me, I would, I would much rather Jameis Winston as a backup than Andy Dalton as a backup. 
Matt Miguez, your thoughts. For the Saints, it's a no-brainer. For Jameis Winston, it's a head-scratcher. Because if I'm Jameis Winston, wouldn't I want to go to somebody who might be drafting a rookie quarterback and wants, yes. wants somebody yes. to you know be that bridge guy for a year or two, let the rookie learn and get a starting opportunity rather than sitting on the bench? Because, I mean, look, you, you can be there in case Derek Carr gets hurt, but if he doesn't get hurt, you're just riding the pine for 17 games. So it, it just doesn't make much sense to me if you're Jameis. Yeah, I'm, I think Michael Thomas is a saint. I think Jameis Winston goes, uh, goes elsewhere. Uh, Keeping with the saints, I'll, I'll start with you, Matt, on this one. Uh, first round pick, number 29. Saints fan, what, what kind of what player do you go get? You can never go wrong with the trenches. Offensive line, defensive line, you can never go wrong there. Uh, the Saints could use another wide receiver, but if I'm the Saints, I'm looking running back in the first round. Okay. Uh, J- right. Jameer Gibbs is going to be there around that 29 mark. There's an outside possibility that B. John Robinson's there in that range as well. And if you can get your hands on either one of those guys to, to A, compliment Alvin Kamara – and B fill his role while he's suspended. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a must need for the Saints. J- Jimmy Mesh, what do you say? I mean, Jimmy Mesh. For me, <laughs> if Bijan's there at twenty nine, I would be open to looking into it. But for me, if I'm in the first round, I'm looking for the trenches because you're going to be really weak on the interior. You always could use more help on the edge because you're probably going to move on from Marcus Davenport. If I'm not, if I'm like making a bet on whether he'll be with the Saints or not. I'm betting that the Saints will not retain him. You haven't seen a whole bunch out of Peyton Turner because he's always been injured. You only got so much time left with Cam Jordan. So it's like, I would want to hit on somebody that's on the defensive line, whether it's the interior or the edge, or if somehow Florida's Osiris Torrance is there at 29. I don't believe oh, he will be. Cajun. But but yeah, mm-hmm. f- former Cajun. If, you, yeah. If, if he's somehow there at 29, go get him. But for me, when it comes to running back, I look at somebody like Deuce Vaughn. Every time I've put on watched a Kansas State game, he has always made a huge play in the game. Like even against Alabama, dude had an 88 yarder in whichever bowl it was. Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl. Like he's always made plays and people are overlooking him, I feel like, because of his measurables. And it's like, just go watch okay. the tape, dude. And you can go get him in the gonna... you can go get him in the fourth or fifth round. Y'all gonna laugh at me. Here's what I do. What what do the Kansas City? What do all these really good teams have that the Saints, besides quarterback, that the Saints don't have? And that is a dynamic tight end. If there's a great tight end out there and he's available, I go a guy that can that that's got the body of a tight end but plays like a wide receiver, like Kelsey, like I mean, there's so many of them out there. Saints just don't have them. Jawan Johnson, eh, okay, whatever. Uh, give me a give me another weapon. Give me another. I think our defense is going to be okay. I think they're going to hit uh, the free agent market to secure that that defensive line. Give me some veterans there. Then I'll draft along the line down the road a little bit. I want skill position people. I want somebody. I want that offense to click. That's what I would do. So anyway, but I'm an offensive guy. Um, what kind of shot you give the Raging Cajuns, Matt, of uh, you know surviving and advancing in this upcoming NCAA tournament? What a coup for for Bob Marlin's club. Look, it's March. 
I mean, any, anything <laughs> can happen in the month of March. But for, for me, it's all going to depend on the seeding that they get. More, yeah. more, more likely than not, they're going to be a 14 seed, but there's some outside opportunity for them to be a 13. If they're a 13, I really think they could play Cinderella. Um, if they're a 14, it just kind of depends on who they draw up against. Uh, I, I know a lot of people would like to see them play Tennessee because Tennessee's without Zakai Ziegler, and the, the matchup just feels good for, for the Cajuns there with Tennessee. But, uh, I mean, I, there, there's a you, you know as well as anybody, Jordy, there, there's a reason you step on the court and play the game. Right. Yeah, you're one bad shooting day from uh, from going home. So we'll see. James Mesh, are you all for the Will Wade hire at uh, McNeese? Yeah, I mean, to me, they could use a really big splash. Hearing from Heath Troyer the other day, he was talking about how he wants the program to be elite. And to me, you getting a really good head coach in Will Wade, that's going to boost the program. And even if he lose, even if he leaves after a couple years. That kind of helps set the present to bring in oh, yeah. better coaches, bring in right. better players to help improve that program. So I don't see how that would be a loss for them. No, no. that uh, Mediocre years, uh, five of them, or two really good years, and then you, you're looking for another coach. Maybe you hire the assistant coach that has the same system. I mean, I could think of worse things. What do you think, Matthew? Oh, I think it's a great move for, for McNeese for yeah. all the reasons that James just mentioned. He comes in, he instantly boosts the recruiting profile of McNeese. He will turn them into a winner in a year or two. And then that opens the door for him to get back into Power 5 coaching. Right. But then right. that also opens the door for McNeese to continue that winning tradition because more young and up-and-coming assistants will want that job. we got to get McNeese and, and the Raging Cajuns to play. Oh, they're, just... they're playing each other next year. Oh, I gotta, I gotta have it, man. That's gonna be the Cajuns. I mean, the Cajuns are going to Lake great. Charles next year. That's gonna be great. I love it. Um, I do. I really, really do. Um, who you got winning the SEC men's basketball tournament, James Mesh? Uh, I think even with all the distractions in Tuscaloosa, I, I still looked. Even though Kentucky's looked really good, and same thing with Tennessee, and I, I still look towards Alabama. I, I still got to pick them, even though they've had all these distractions with one guy having to leave the program. And then another one being involved with another case, I still will take Alabama. Okay. Uh, Matt McGuez, who wins this thing? Alabama. I, as much as I, I hate to say that because I just don't like Alabama. Uh, Brandon Miller is one of the top players in the country. Nate Oates is a great coach. They're destroying everybody in their path. Um, yeah, they I, really are. I think when you when you get down to it, when you meet up with a Tennessee or, or – you know, somebody like that, maybe Tennessee could give you a run for your money, but in the end, Alabama is just going to be too much. Alabama will take on the winner of the game going on right now with Tennessee and Missouri. Um, later on, it's Arkansas versus Texas A&M, followed by Vanderbilt versus Kentucky. Uh, that'll be interesting because there it, it's always um, – Catsville in Nashville, but Vandy's got some good following, so that place will be that place will be rocking. And the whole the whole tournament, uh, the the attendance has been just terrific. Um, so we look forward to that. Do the Pels last one? Are the Pels in the playoffs? Or are the Pels out of the playoffs? James, I think uh, for right now, I'll take them to just barely squeak in with the eight seed. Oh, the eight seed. Okay, Matt. 
I think they're out. <laughs> and, I, and I hate to say that because I've been so high on them all season long. But is they, Ingram going to play? How how long is Ingram out? Two weeks, I think. So I mean, you, you're looking at three. You're looking at ten of the last fifteen games of the regular season. CJ McCollum going to go superhero mode. C- oh CJ, CJ just can't do it alone. <laughs> no, they need Jose can't. Alvarado. They need God. Okay, all right, we'll see. That was fun, guys. Matt, uh, James, what do y'all have coming up on Crunch Time? Jake Crane's going to join us from Crane and Company for for Jake's takes. We get his thoughts on, on the betting world and sports picks okay. he's making on the weekend, and then uh, Chrissy Freud's going to come on and she's going to evaluate the quarterback class for the NFL draft. Outstanding. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll take a final timeout, some birthday wishes, and then we're out of here on the Jordy Heldberg Show. This is the Jordy Heldberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, uh, back from the EBCO Development Studios as we put a finishing touches on this Friday, March the 10th edition. Special thanks to all of our guests, Preston Guy on LSU football, Larry Holder, the latest on the Saints, George Faust, everything with the Cajuns and Acadiana, and then Matt Miguez filling in along with James Mesh. Uh, That was a lot of fun. By Monday, we'll know who's in the field of 68, both men and women. We'll see what's happening on the Saints front. A lot of things will be unfolding and unfurling this weekend. So um, can't wait to talk all about it. If today, March 10th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. In age order, Justin Herbert of the Chargers is 25 today. Carrie Underwood is 40 years young today. Still looking great. Sharon Stone, the actress, is 65 and, and still working out at 83 years old. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Wow. Um, okay, so the Cajuns baseball at home, the Tigers baseball at home. Um, we'll still await to see where the Cajuns are going come March Madness. Pels play against Oklahoma City on Saturday. Very important win uh, win opportunity there for them. And don't forget about daylight savings time as we spring forward this weekend. Spring forward. So you lose an hour of sleep, but we get more daylight. And I think, I hope, they keep daylight savings time all year long, just like they do in Arizona. Let's keep it all year long. James Mesh, thank you so much. Thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do. Partners, huh. We love you. Couldn't do it without you. Um, Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, Until next time, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another. And come on, smile. Be happy. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh next.